Welcome to Success Leaves Clues Podcast. I'm your host, Gary Brackett, and I've been blessed enough in my life to meet individuals who've been able to leave me clues on my journey to success. The goal of this show is to bring you the experience of those who have achieved great things and allow you to be a fly in the wall, soaking up clues for your own journey to success. Let's get right into this week's episode. Hey, how you guys doing? Welcome back to another episode of Success Leaves Clues. Extremely happy to be here with a good friend of mine who's going to teach you how to make money in the real estate game. And so many guys have this misconception that it takes a lot of money, it takes leverage, it takes banks. He's going to teach you how to do this with no money at all, wholesaling, tax liens, refinancing, hold bunch of strategies that could get you going right now, building your real estate empire. Welcome on to the show, Success Leaves Clues, my good friend, Jason Lucas. How you doing, buddy? Hey, thanks for having me, Gary. I super appreciate it, man. No problem, man. So no flipping excuses, man. No flipping excuses. We brought the shirts in today. I love it, man. <laughs> so how, how did it get started, no flipping excuses? What was, what was like the, the starting point? I'll tell you, man. It was I had no flipping excuses when I got started in this business. It was 2008. I was in the mortgage business, mm. lost all my money in the mortgage business because our, our great CEO at the company I was at made some really not so good news and our stock went from 43 to like $12 overnight. So yeah. me thinking, hey, I'm doing the right thing. I'm putting 40% of my checks in. It mm. wasn't really the, the best thing to do. So I came up with the, the name not too long ago, a few years ago, but I, looking back on it, it was no flipping excuses for me when I was, I was getting started. Just got married. My, my firstborn was on the way. I have no college degree. And at that time, nobody was wanting to, to hire me unless it was 100% commission. So wow. I had no flipping excuses to make real estate work. Yeah, now that's genius. I, I'll tell a story. So I was in the mortgage business as well, 2008. And I'll tell the story, like when I got into the mortgage business, the banks got out of the mortgage business. They did. <laughs> because, they really did. Uh, before, it's funny, like the whole liar's loan is like, hey, you babysitter side, don't you? And you wash cars? What else What else you do to earn income? Right. And you would like inflate the income, the borrowing power, but all those things are long gone. Oh, yeah. It's like that love it or list it. Oh, and they're yeah. in Canada. And they're like, yeah, we make, you know, $1.5 million. And, you know, one of them decorates cakes and the other one, you know, is a dog walker. It's like, how can you afford that? I'm like, I need to see some W-2s. Man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. But um, so do you remember? So the real estate game, because, you know, for some uh, people watching, I'm, I'm sure just like you, I get asked a lot by people. Yeah. Um, they have good jobs. Maybe they're not ready for a complete um, you know, to, to leave their job and start a business. Yeah. But real estate is such an awesome, like, not side hustle, like second, second stream of income, however, or, or mainstream of income. Yeah. So uh, walk us through kind of like your first deal, the first process of you, like, like getting into the real estate game. It, you know, it really boils down to networking. Mm. I w- was out there all the time. I was driving from real estate office to real estate office, just introducing myself with agents nonstop. And the first deal that I came across was a probate deal. Mm. And for folks that don't know what a probate deal is, it's where somebody has passed away and they've left the property to an executor, just like maybe like a son or a daughter. And we were working with the son in this case, and he really had no idea what to do with the property. So he wanted to get rid of it as quickly as possible. And me, I don't have the cash myself, (laughs) but I was able to negotiate a really good deal. And I, from the networking, I found a, another individual, a real estate wholesaler, but he's been in the business a little bit longer than me. 
And he ended up having some individuals, some investors with cash that wanted to buy the deal. Wow. So I lined up that. I lined up the deal to where we have a purchase and sales agreement in place with the with the homeowner, now the executor. And we ended up having this individual with the cash come in and we did what's called an assignment. So this is called a wholesale deal. And we ended up just having a fee on top of the purchase price I agreed to, which was 15 grand. And me and the other person split that 15 grand because we did what's called a JV deal. Mm-hmm. And we ended up splitting that. We ended up both collecting seven and a half thousand bucks. And that, that was the first deal. And from there, I was I was hooked. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> 15K, 7,500. Yeah. That's, that's a pretty good day. It was. Um, so JV stands for joint venture, joint venture. And that's when you join someone else. Yep. And, and that those deals or whatever you negotiate is not necessarily always 50, 50, right? It's depending Correct. on whatever you negotiate. Yeah, you're, you're right. We have students that we work with and sometimes they'll just say, Hey, I've got this amazing deal. Mm-hmm. Can you guys negotiate this for me? Can you guys line up the investors to come in and buy it? At that point, we're doing a lot more than just 50, 50. We're right. doing more like 78 or 80% of the deal. So sometimes folks are just excited just to get that 20, 30% because now they're getting their feet wet in real estate and they're making money. We're making money. You know, so it, it just really depends on what you're doing in the process to it, make it fair. It's funny. I tell people all the time not to get so caught up on percentages. Right. Because 50-50 in, in, in business, as business owners, I never want yeah. a 50-50 deal, right? Right. I want to either, you're 51, but someone has to be able to make the decisions <laughs> right. unilaterally. And it has to be. Yeah. But then... Even sharing with people like, hey, um, 20% of a large number yeah. is bigger than 100% of a small number. Right. So I think like partnering with experts, people that's doing it yep. and having that type of, um, you know, flexibility and, and level of comfort that you're, you're, you're doing it with experts. I think this is something that more people should, should benefit from because I think a lot of people have connections yeah, or know people that are in situations with their houses, but just don't have the connections to kind of put the deal together. Well, the, the resources that are available nowadays are, are crazy from when I first got started in 2008. You've got YouTube available, LinkedIn, you've got Facebook, you've got all these online platforms where you can connect with people. So not being a resourceful person in today's day and age, that's a that's a huge excuse. Right. Um, and we even do on our YouTube channel, on our uh, videos, at the end of pretty much all of them, we're like, hey, if you have a deal, send it on to us. We'll take a look at it with you. Uh, wow. So as long as it makes sense... Hey, we, we would rather make money with you than not make any money at all. Yeah. So we're, we're doing that all the time with folks. No, nah, that, that's amazing. Like, um, you, you, I'm, I'm, I'm always um, admire, appreciate people that have skin in the game. Yeah. And are, are, and are willing to partner, to learn. Because so many people, right? It's like snake oil salesmen. You don't know if they're doing it or not. Right, I know. They're damn sure not doing it with you. So entering that level of transparency to tell your, your people to come in, like, hey, do you have a deal? Reach out to us. I mean, that, that's how many people actually do it, though? We actually just had one that came in from YouTube. We have people that come in from uh, our training programs mm-hmm. that we have. And the main thing for them is they want to listen in to how we're talking to these folks. Because mm. uh, a lot of folks, when they get involved with real estate, they have this fear that, hey, I, I'm gonna screw it up, I'm not gonna talk to the person the right way, I'm gonna not negotiate right, and when they get to hear us on the phone, they're like, you just made it sound so simple, so easy. Because I talk to people like I'm talking to you right now. Right, right. I just try to have conversations with people and make the call feel as normal as possible. Because I think when people get into a, a sales call, 
they ended up getting really nervous and they ended up like stuttering and just saying the wrong things at the uh, wrong time. I, I, I put this, hey, how you doing? This is Gary <laughs> yeah, Brackett. Exactly. <laughs> like, what? What, right. the what? <laughs> like, that happens. I, I actually, like, when someone called me with the sales voice, I'm like, yo, you, you got the sales voice on? Like, what was this? <laughs> I know. So it's uh, definitely do yeah. not use the sales voice. No, no, don't do not do that. <laughs> That's not good. People smell that from a mile away. Oh, it just sounds like so like, oh, man, I'm not, I'm not interested. <laughs> so, um, so this is a big thing, negotiating. Yeah. So where did you learn how to negotiate? Like, how can someone become a better negotiator? Well, I, it's really d- difficult for me to, to say where I learned it, because I, I think I learned it at a really early age from my mom. Mm. She was always a really good communicator. And I think when you are a good communicator, I think that, you know, could really solve problems. So it really doesn't come down to, like, negotiating, right? It comes down to... Can you talk to people and get them to tell you their problems? Mm. Because when you get people to tell you their problems, you could then become a problem solver. And that's, I learned it really early at a young age. I was working at Jared, the gallery of jewelry. I was in, I think a junior or senior in high school. My mom was in the diamond department Mm. and I would always see how she would interact with people and just talk to them like they were people, not dollar signs. Cause I think that's what a lot of people look at other people as like, especially in sales, they look at them as dollar signs. So I would see how she did it. And I would just, I wasn't in sales at that time, but I would just see how she did. I think that just kind of moved along with me. I started selling Cutco knives right out of high school and I did like $30,000 in knives. And it was just for me, just talking to people. I remember talking to my old uh, owner at McDonald's. They owned like four McDonald's back where I grew up in Elgin, Illinois. Right. And I talked to him and he ended up ordering the biggest set. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. And I was just having a conversation with him. And it was about knives. So wow. if, you, if you can go in and sell knives, and I, my parents don't have a lot of money, they don't have a lot of resources. So I would just be like, who are some people that I could call that might be interested in just allow me to come over? Wow. And mo- most of those people just allowed me to come over, do the presentation, but I'd always ask for referrals. Mm. So I'd get like 10, 15, 20 referrals, and I'd be on the phone just calling those folks, wow. setting up appointments. And that's how it all worked. Cutco, if you know, if anybody knows anything about Cutco, it's all about referrals. So uh, Cutco is the signs that are uh, that are around make 18 hours an hour in the summertime, yes, right? Those, yes, what? those are the signs. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> that's what attracted me to the newspaper ad, because you got to think this was 2001 at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was the newspaper ad. I was all like, right. what am I going to do? I don't want to go to college. Uh, so what am I going to do? I, I found an ad. It said $18 an hour, and I was like stoked. So um, the crazy part is um so we had someone who taught my kids like swimming lessons yeah and, and like this is like two years ago cutco so she's like hey mr brack i want to talk to you this is like two years ago she's so swimming. i'm like like what do you want to talk to me about like yeah and then i was like ah, we'll get in touch with anything she sends me like a gift with the knives right so i feel guilty like i gotta call this girl back yeah. she's been nice night they're nice knives they are nice knives i still got my set i, I brought day. some she sold me <laughs> like they're great knives man. They are great knives. <laughs> But I think, I think, um, and it's crazy, it's interesting, it's not really taught in school, mm-hmm. but being able to sell has to be like the most important skill there is. Uh, yeah, it, it has to do with communication. If you can't properly talk to people, and that's when we have like some of our live events mm-hmm. and we make live calls while we're there, people tense up. They get freaked out. They get scared to just talk to people, like just random people. And it's just, 
it's difficult for me to see because I've been doing it for so long, but I, it wasn't always that way. I remember like when I first got on the mortgage business in 2003, it was t- really hard for me to, to talk to folks and get them to, to want to refinance with me. Cause that was like the heyday. Yeah. Like it, oh, yeah. you, like you could get rates. Anybody could sell a rate. But at that time I was brand new. I was like 19, 20 years old. And I had no idea what the heck I was doing. I had no idea what the, the verbiage meant, the jargon. And I just was pushed into an office and was like, Hey, Good luck. Here goes your list. <laughs> yeah, here's your list. Like Glenn, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Yes, exactly. This list is for closers. Yeah. Exactly. Coffee is for closers. <laughs> they gave me the awful, awful people to call. And man, it was it was tough. You would get a lot of rejection over the phone. For sure. But if, if you, I take it kind of like as a joke. Somebody like cusses you out and stuff. It's like, all right, well, that's, that's kind of funny. They're probably having a much worse day much. than me. So I just kind of laugh it off and move on to the next person. Some people, they take that and they don't know how to properly internalize it. They're like, oh man, somebody just dropped a few F-bombs on me. They just told me I'm a piece of crap. But but it's crazy because like, so I do a lot of coaching, CEO, salesperson, like high power. Yeah. And they feel like they have a call like that and then they're telling themselves, well, this isn't my day. Yeah. Like, bro, it's a flip of a coin. Like, what do you mean? It's, like, every time you pick up the call, right. you, can, you can close them. It can be the exact opposite of the person that just rejected you. So it doesn't work like that. Right. No, it doesn't. It's not, like, it doesn't work like today, the day that everyone's going to cut you out. Right. So it doesn't exist. So I guess, so how much does self-limiting beliefs play in, like, the people that you see that come to your live conferences and getting on a phone call? How, how much does that play in terms of the communication barrier? Brand, brand new folks, that's a that's a gigantic barrier for them. Mm. And it's, it's, it's too bad, too, because a lot of people, you know, there was a good scene in a movie. I don't even know what the movie was called, but I remember seeing it. Right. And it was George Clooney was having to fire this guy that was at his job for like 30 years. Mm-hmm. And, the, and George Clooney was like, how much did they have to pay you for you to lose sight of the dream that you were initially like, hey, I'm going to work mm. here for one year, two years, yeah. and then I'm leaving but then you ended up staying for 30 years. And most people, they just get in that rhythm of, yeah, I'm gonna do it one day. It's like, no, your one day is right now. It's, it's either it's right now, or you're gonna end up working for somebody else for 20, 30 years, then all of a sudden get the ax. Because wow. that same uh, place my mom was at, Jared's, she was there for 16 years. She was there when the store opened. She had one bad month out of the 16 years, and they fired her for wow. no reason. They said, hey, your numbers weren't good. And I'm like, that just doesn't make sense. So looking at that too, and then looking at my parents growing up, I just, I didn't want to go down that route of working for somebody else. No, that that makes a lot of sense in the world. I think as a business owner and just understand the business, what happens in those cases where you're 16 years, you you probably got four weeks of vacation time they got to pay you for. You're probably making the high amount of minimum wage, right? Not minimum wage, but your your salary is probably the highest, Mm -hmm. right? And you're a performer, so you're probably crushing on commission. So they're looking at what they're paying the new person and then what they're paying you, and they're looking like, wow, we could could gain a whole bunch more money if we could get rid of this person. And meanwhile, like, People are programmed like I don't want to leave this company. I don't want right. to be bad by them. But and not every company is like that. There have, you have great companies that, yeah, that that sure. people work there forever and retire. But but all all in all, I think that's like I hear it all the time how you know people have been with a company for a while and then got let go and it just like like 
owning your own business, building a business, or even like we talked about in the beginning of the show, having this as a side hustle. Yeah, absolutely. I get just amazing to be able to wholesale deals with no money down. Yeah, because you can eventually phase out your current job. Mm. So many people, they get into this, and then they realize after 90 days of being in it, especially with us, we're doing the business, we show you really how to do the business. Not like, hey, here's a training program, good luck. No, it's like, go through the training, but we're gonna implement. We're gonna do a lot of implementation. So if if your goal is, hey, I'm gonna be out of my job, I plan on firing my boss in, let's just say, six months then you need to have a plan to do that. And a lot of people, they come in and they do this as a side hustle. They do one, two deals and they make five, 10 grand off of each deal. And then they're like, man, what am I doing here? I could be taking this and doing it full time. Wow. And then you take it from not just wholesaling, but then you actually take it as a real estate investor to where you start investing in properties that bring you money every single month, regardless of where, what you're doing. You could be sleeping, money's coming in. Wow. You could be on vacation, money's coming in. It, it doesn't really matter at that point. Then, because you're a real estate investor. I always tell people brand new, start off with real estate wholesaling. Mm-hmm. Why? Because you learn so much in the beginning. Right. You learn how closing takes place. You learn how to do contracts. You learn how to talk to buyers. You learn how to talk to sellers. You're learning so much. And then when you do like a rehab or you buy your first rental property, you have so much under your belt now that somebody just going into rehabbing doesn't know. Maybe they saw like a, a flip this house and they're like, oh, I'm going to do this. Yeah. <laughs> and then well, it doesn't work. But because, and, and I, um, man, I have 12 rental properties. I've flipped houses before. Yep. And, and it's a skill to it. It's just yep. not you go out there, buy a house, fix it up and then sell it, right? I mean, there's a lot of due diligence that goes into place. Um, So let's really break down wholesaling because I think it's a term that gets thrown out a lot and and you're you're talking about it should be the first thing that people should invest in. So I want want you to break down like the normal like wholesaling process, like someone off the street, they try to get involved. Mm -hmm. It's potentially some mistakes they make. And then we're going to talk a little bit about like your academy that you started and, and, and how is that different? So walk me through like a normal wholesaling deal. Sure. So say for instance, you know, somebody's just starting out with wholesaling. They are probably going into this thinking, Hey, where should I start first? The first thing we always tell folks, if you are brand new is start by building your cash buyers list. Mm -hmm. And what does that mean? That's investors that have cash and they're proven to be buying properties in the area that you're wanting to invest in. So you, you find those folks and you target those folks, have a simple conversation with them and say, Hey, I saw that you bought 123 Main Street at 50,000 bucks. I saw you know, that you've bought some other properties. If I were to come to you with a really good property similar to the one at 123 Main Street, would you be interested? And then you just start having conversations with those folks from there and be like, can I add you uh, to my list? I have a, a list of individuals that I'd like to add to my VIP list, meaning that you would get first priority over everybody because I see you're buying stuff. So I'd like to get you off-market properties as quickly as possible. As soon as you build your list of five, 10 people, then you go out and you start finding what they want, right? So it's like basically you have a grocery list from the cash buyers. Mm. So they want this property, this kind of property. Now you have your list. Now you just go out there and you find it. And there's several different ways that you could go out there and find it. You could go out there and find people that uh, have probate, that's free. You could go down to the county recorder's office or some platforms nowadays with the county, you could go online and get it. Uh, you could get mortgage foreclosure leads. 
You can go on there. We love tax delinquent leads. We can go on there and we can really be an advocate for those people that are about to lose their house. Um, we could go on there. We could start networking with real estate agents that might have what's called pocket listings. Pocket listings are when they might be working closely with banks that have foreclosed properties and they want to get them sold as quickly as possible. Well, you could be that person, that conduit that says, hey, let me take a look at them first because I could get them quickly uh, taken care of for you. I could close on them fast and move them. So there's lots of different ways that you could find uh, properties. The most important part, which a lot of people miss, is that cash buyer category. Mm -hmm. And then once you have that taken care of, it's pretty much good to go. You just finding the leads is is not a big problem from there. There's leads all over the place. We find leads on Zillow. We call for sale by owners and we find leads. So a lead problem is is not a problem. It's there's plenty of leads. Um, and then what you do is from there is you put together a purchase and sales agreement. So if you were the individual that wanted to sell me a property, you and I would have a purchase and sales agreement in place. And then if we have a buyer over here that wants to buy the property from me, say you and I agree to $30,000. I know that that property is worth $80,000 and the person on the other end only needs to put it like carpet and paint into the house. Well, that person knows it. So I'm going to sell that contract that I just put with you for $10,000. And my end buyer is going to be like, okay, I'm going to buy it because I know the property is worth $80,000 after I do the carpet and paint to the property. So in all in all, from start to finish, a deal like that's going to be like two, three weeks. And then you just pocketed $10,000 for maybe doing three, four hours of work. So let's walk us through. So the sure. purchase price was 30000 Yep. So the 30000 is still what you have to close on. So when, that you, is when you make a contract, say we made a contract. Yep. Do you have to put any money down? Do you have to put a deposit down on a contract? That's a great question. So there is. So say, for instance, you're like, hey, I want you to give me a $1,000 earnest money deposit. And in our contracts, we have it state like certain days that we have to get that to you. So say, for instance, I have no money. I'm just getting started. Right, right. And I put in there, hey, you'll have the earnest money by four, by the 14 days, within 14 days. So what I do then is I go to my cash buyer and I say, hey, I found this property that fits your criteria. You wanted a three bedroom, one bath. This is exactly that. Do you want this property? This is what I'm selling for. I'm selling it for 40,000. And then that cash buyer says, yes. And then I'll say, this is what I need to make sure that you are wanting to purchase this property. I need a $3,000 non-refundable earnest money. Mm -hmm. They send that over to the title company. And then you, as the individual in this particular scenario, calls the title company and says, is the money in there? And then they say, yes, it will be applied to the closing. Now, if I don't close, you get that $1,000. Right. So now none of that came out of pocket. Now, the only reason why I wouldn't close if the buyer didn't close. Now, if the buyer doesn't close, I still pocket out, of, yep, I, out of there. I pocket $2,000. You get your $1,000. Now, did I make you upset? Probably. <laughs> um, right, right. That cash buyer for me, I'm probably not going to do business with them anymore. But you, you kind of get the gist of it from that standpoint. Does that help? No, it does. I um, It's funny. Um, in business, I'm taught if you have one buyer, you have no buyers. Yeah. Meaning like the, the cash buyers list is so important because yeah. if you have more cash buyers, even yeah. if that one would come out of 40, right. then you could just find another one to plug them in. Right. So that's right. why it's important to your point earlier about building that cash buyers yes. list because you have leverage at that point. You do. You do, especially like, say for instance, you want to do a, a, an easier route. Say for instance, it's not your, your forte mm -hmm. to find leads. 
well, maybe I, I have another individual that's a wholesaler and he has leads or she has leads. And I'm like, hey, I've got a, I've got a really nice cash buyer list. They are hungry right now for deals. What do you have? And then they send me over what they have and then we collaborate and we do a deal together. Wow. No, that's awesome. So that's the typical way. So in your uh, academy, yeah. right? so how do you, how do you help um, first time wholesalers get started? Like what, what does your, what does your program do to kind of teach them and help them get started? So we, we have multiple programs. Okay. I, the, the one that we always encourage folks to go through is our tax delinquent blueprint. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a training program that we feel could show you the, everything that you need to know from A to Z, because a lot of there is done for you components. We just talked about cash buyer. Well, we will actually put that cash buyers list together for you. You get to listen in on those calls. So you know exactly what to say. So when we give you the list, it's not, hey, list is done. No, you're gonna continue to build that list. And we've got the training in there for you to show you where to find those folks at. And then from that standpoint, we show you how to find the best leads on the planet. And we right now feel those are tax delinquent because there's so many people going about contacting and marketing those people in such the wrong way that when we send off our marketing, it just, we get the phone call every time. Wow. When we, when normal people send off like, Hey, we just want to buy your house for cash. They're getting, let's just say Gary, right around one to one and a half percent of a response rate. So if you send off a hundred pieces, you're going to get what? One, two people call you with us you're going to get a 30 to 35% response wow. ratio. So you're, you're getting, you're getting an insane amount of people that are going to call you from our marketing. And my partner tested this in 138 cities and he had a hedge fund backing him to where he could test off half a million dollars in marketing. So we've taken all of that. You don't have to spend 500 grand and test it out in 138 different cities. We've got a proven formula that works. And we have so many individuals, students that have testimonial after testimonial for, I've never seen a response rate like this before. People are calling me and they're happy to talk to us. Wow. <laughs> they're happy to talk with us. Most of the time, if you just send out like a, a regular letter that says, hey, we want to buy your house or cash, it's normally, how'd you get my information? Uh, yeah, I, I want to sell you my house for 500000 And the house is maybe worth 400000 They're just being jerks to you on the phone. Uh, so I get them a lot, the, the random calls, yeah. right? And it's just like, uh, I'm like, okay, cool, I'm, I'm selling it. And they're yeah. like, uh, what's the address? <laughs> like, you, 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 you asked me to buy my house. What do you mean, what's the address? Like, right. You don't know the bill. So it just, it's funny that, you know, just being a little bit better on the marketing piece, yeah. how that kind of makes you stand, you know, uh, alone and apart from that yeah. competition, which is probably, you know, that alone pays for the co- the cost of the course. Oh, yeah. Having that type of response rate. Oh, yeah, for sure. And that, that pays for itself. Like, once you do your first deal, the other thing, too, with that program, we've seen on average, normal, like, people on average will collect eight to $12,000 on, on a normal assignment deal, like a wholesale deal. With tax delinquent, our strategy, we've been increasing it from seventeen to 21000 Wow. So you're not only seeing like an increase in marketing, but you're seeing an increase in how much profits you can make per deal. Wow. That's amazing. Now, so where, where can they go to kind of find that information at? So they could go to uh, noflippingexcusesacademy.com. Mm-hmm. And one of the things, since we're on here and, you know, I have the privilege of being on your show, we will give folks uh, access to our one program absolutely at no charge. It's wow. called Government Foreclosure Riches. 
And right now is a perfect time to be doing that strategy as well. We just want to show your individuals that listen to the show, hey, don't you don't need to buy the training program if you don't want to. Take this program and see what we're all about. See that we're real investors that are giving real solutions, real strategies. So if those folks would like it, they could go over to our email. It's support at jasonlucchese.com. And I know my last name is a little tricky, uh, but it's J-A-S-O-N-L-U-C-C-H-E-S-I.com. That's amazing. And we'll give them free access. Just say in the subject line, uh, government foreclosure access, please. And wow. just let us know that you listen to, uh, listen to us on the yes. very show. Success leaves clues, baby. We're giving you clues that and was, programs. Look I was going to say, there was clues clue out that's, that's like a bomb. I don't know if we could drop a bomb. <laughs> we got we to get fancy. Um, so um, another thing, and it's crazy, um, we met... Three months ago, LinkedIn. Yeah, you reached out to me um, about being on your podcast. Yeah, I still was. haven't done yet. I know. Right? I, know. I, I tricked him. See sales, right? I got him <laughs> first, right? But um, it's a reverse psychology. Uh, it, but when you came in, it just—I love like meeting people and it's like genuine conversation. So yeah. back to like communicators. I mean, we we probably had an hour meeting on the books. Probably spent three hours. Oh, together. we sure. Yeah, we did, man. <laughs> and the time flew by. Really, it, yeah. And we were just talking. And all of a sudden, I, I'm like, oh, geez. Yeah, we're <laughs> mind mapping, man. Yeah, we're we were. on the board. We um, had the whiteboard up. But, but it's amazing, like, um, back to your, like, when you are a great communicator, like, when you meet someone for the first time, it seems like you, you know them for a while, right? Yeah. Because I think both when you share something in common, it's just like, we're givers. Yep. And it, it's so much easier to work with people where your response is just like, all right, What's the angle? How can I get money from him? Right. So many people do that yeah. and miss out on huge opportunities yep. because they automatically start thinking about taking and start giving. Yeah. And exactly. I think I both when we talked about just having an abundance mindset, a growth mindset, it's just like when you give plentiful, like it mm-hmm. comes back like 10x in return. Right. Right. Absolutely. And you know, the the mm-hmm. I'm glad you brought up the LinkedIn thing. Cause it, it, I think that uh us meeting for the first time, that was like a year in the making. Yeah. Because I remember I, I was following up, following up, uh, and then I finally got a response from you. Yeah. And I was just being consistent. I, I wasn't like trying to be like, hey, how, how can I get something from Gary? Right, right, right. I was, I was always just being nonchalant and just, uh, I would see that when you would see the stuff and I'd be like, all right, he saw it. I'm not going to, you know, blow him up. Like, hey, you saw, I saw that yeah. you saw and that, that's another big thing too, because we use LinkedIn. It's it's really big, and I was you know one of the big things with LinkedIn. I wanted to kind of connect with more folks like yourself, right. see how we could do more things, especially here in Indy. And yeah, it, it just sometimes it takes a little bit of time to to do things. And you know now now we're doing the podcast. We had that great first meeting, and you know we're we're about to have a really good uh event here this this weekend so Absolutely. Your place man nah so it, it's amazing and i think even when we talked off we're going to be uh looking to kind of join forces with yeah. some more masterminds yeah. some more seminars i really think when you look at this day and age uh knowledge is so powerful it really is and when you link up with people that are kind of in the same space and sharing um and and powerful from a standpoint of the people that we can help right and just the information that you could give up and how you simplify the information 
that can have someone thinking they're intimidated from real estate right. to start off with a wholesaler, yeah. then then come into an investor. Right. And I think, so my whole thing is like your mindset, those self-limiting beliefs, um, your value proposition, what are you good for? And just you giving those those techniques, man. I just think I'm looking forward to definitely working, you know, in the future, just masterminds, uh, seminars, stuff like that to get it done. Oh yeah, for sure. So, um, one thing, and just to follow up on your LinkedIn strategy, yeah. I think um, I get turned off by so many people on LinkedIn because they hit me like three or four times in a row <laughs> like, in the same week, right? And yeah. But then like this third message is like, Gary, like... <laughs> and it's like, I didn't tell you to call me. I didn't tell you to email me in the beginning, right? So, so you like guilt me into like saying something like, yeah. not just, I saw you saw my message. <laughs> That's too like, funny. Don't be that dude. No, right? do not be that person. We don't teach that. So please do not do that. Because I would, I would only message you maybe like once a month, maybe. But it was like probably every two months, I would just be like, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if Gary will respond to me now. <laughs> but, but, but the crazy part is, is like, I mean, truth be told, I don't check my LinkedIn. Like, so my team checks it. Yeah. Most time it's like, we, we don't respond to everyone. Right. Um, just, we have to filter out uh, information. Sure. But I think for people like in the sales process in any type of process, that perseverance. Yeah. And, and for you not giving up and, and having like being genuine in like your responses on LinkedIn. Yeah. Made me look at it when I looked at my LinkedIn, like, oh man, how, we, we missed this. Like, yeah. he's been hitting me up for like a year. Let me, let me, <laughs> respond, let me respond to him. <laughs> right. but, but, but there's someone out there that's, that's listened to yes, this. Absolutely. That, that has been going after people yep. and has been trying it and right. it hasn't been worked. So I guess the biggest thing that I would say, just be persistent. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think um, be persistent and um, be have a, that giver mentality, man. And, that and, that and, is so huge. And when you do that, I think think, you know, it may not happen overnight, right? right? But eventually, if you keep on being consistent, putting out good energy, yeah. I think good things happen. I think that's so true, man. You hit the nail on the head with that. Yeah. The good energy part and just not getting discouraged with yourself. Right. And that, that's something that you're really big with and being able to help folks is, you know, get past that 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 mental barrier, per se. Yeah. Just being able to just work through that and just know that you've got to be able to see that light at the end of the tunnel. So many people... They get into things and they have one foot out the door before they even get going. Right, right. So they're they're setting themselves up for failure. Or, or, or they man, I know they're not gonna do this deal. Hello, hey, John, how you doing? Like, bro, you just just talk, you just like if you're in a punch, like, would you punch yourself? I, I've had it. I've had that happen before. Like, family members think, hey, Jason's in real estate. I'm gonna do it. I remember I had a family member that wanted to do it. So we were. I was training this individual, and we had a really great lead come in. He got so discouraged and he started swearing and he thought he hung up the phone because at this time we were using a phone, not ourselves. He thought he hung it up and then he walked away pouting. And then what I do, I picked it up. And I said, hey, did you hear that? Something must have happened on, on our end. I'm sorry about that. And I ended up booking, booking the appointment. But it's just like you can't get yourself into that mindset. Like even when we were doing calls in the mortgage business, I'd always be like, hey, I'm going to try and help this person as best as I can every single call. And if you don't have that that mindset, you need to be able to get right. your mind there. You need to get your mind there. Or else you're not gonna see success doing business by yourself. Because it is by yourself at first. Yeah. You know? And, and the beautiful thing, and I, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna throw it to you, so uh, start thinking, um, um, my, my final question is, I want you to give a clue um, that you've kind of learned, right? So one clue you kind of leave our listeners with. Yeah. But just following up on that last statement, um, it the percentages 
in order for you to be successful in this game is not a lot. Mm, no. So people think um, if like a five percent, like if, if you had caught a hundred people and five, you know, percent of people answering the phone, you did deals in those five. Like you'll be you seven figures. That's that's great. You'll be filthy rich. You will. And, and people that is a get, seven figure business. And people get so discouraged that they think like it's twenty, it's fifty percent, and yeah. and it's not, man. So I think back to that mentality, having that attitude every single time, I think definitely sets you apart. And, and really, when you see it, the people that we hang out with, the people that we mastermind with, yeah. is the people that are successful. And the people that haven't got there yet, and it's that mental trigger yeah. that when people convince themselves, like I remember on the field, I had this this mindset like every play was my play, and every ball that was in the air is going to be underthrown is going to be mine for an interception. Yeah, right. And it's this yep. trigger like, and you play on, and you're so on fire that people are like, yo, you're around the ball all day today. Like, what, like. And it's like, bro, I expect to be around the ball. Like, I practice to be around yeah. the ball. I train. I think to myself. So when I'm around the ball, I'm not surprised. Yep. And, like, when you train and you, and you put yourself in your mind that you're going to be successful, that you're doing all the work behind the scenes to make sure that you're, you're educated, you're knowledgeable, you're serving people, you're helping people. And then when you experience success, yeah. like, congratulations. Like, you're right. supposed to. Like, yeah. this is what it looks like. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. And I, I like the athlete's mindset so much. I, I didn't obviously get to get to the pro level like you did, but right. man, I'm telling you, like even when I was playing basketball and football, I'd always envision a positive play coming from that. Mm-hmm. Basketball, football, whatever it was, I'd always envision myself, you know, doing something that would be positive for the team and also for myself. Right. I was, you know, you, I was a little, you know, I, I would always want something for myself from it too, but. You know, I see a lot of people that have success with the program or any type of program in life is they, they've had some sort of an athlete mindset mm. or maybe they come from a military background. Yeah, yeah. Um, but if you could get that, and I know you supply that. Yeah, you, for sure. You've got that available. Yeah, James Academy. Huge. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. All right, great. So we kind of went over. See, see, last time we went three hours the first time, man. Uh, the, uh, now the energy is great, man. Uh, it's definitely contagious. So last question, because we want to be respectful of everyone's time. Yeah, for sure. Um, but what's what's one clue, man? Give, give the listeners, like, what, what can they, like, one clue that maybe they could get started with, like, today that could kind of change their lives and, and put them on this path of financial freedom? Absolutely, man. Um, I think the, one of the biggest things that folks can do, this could be a clue. I'm going to give them two. Uh, start getting away from distractions. Mm. You know, uh, trust me, I, I, I you know, I, I do this, everyone, I do this. I, I get on Netflix, I'll watch stuff. But I think where a lot of folks fall victim is they fall for that way too much. You know, especially right now, we're, we're coming out of quarantine. We're not sure if a 2.0 is going to come in the fall or not. The big thing is, you know, Netflix, you get on there and you can binge watch a whole season. Right. And next thing you know, it's like, man, I just lost all this time. And most people, the thing for me is start listening to maybe like higher performers like yourself, like right. other people like that are doing things at a high level, like people like that you envision that you want to be like, go like on YouTube. And I was talking about this off the air. I, I watch things at 1.75 speed. Mm-hmm. Or two percent speed, or not two percent, but two uh, speed. And you know, for those, some of those people, like I talk slow, so you could definitely listen and hear me just fine at a two uh, two times speed. Do that with YouTube. Do that with like books. I I am terrible at sitting down reading. and reading a book. So best thing to do is go for a walk, listen, do audiobooks. That, that's probably the best thing, and listen to them at a at a faster speed. Because when I look at oh man, this this is an eight hour book. 
<laughs> an eight hour eight, an eight hour audiobook. I'm like, man, that's gonna take like a whole day. That that's just that's two long. times speed is yeah, two times speed is four hours. Four hours. And you can get so many more books in, and you, now you're listening to some powerful people deliver some really great messages through books. Wow. And you're also getting it from uh, some great YouTube stuff as well. There's so much stuff available to you at your fingertips that you can just hop on there, listen to it. Maybe you're in the car. Uh, maybe maybe you're at work. I don't know. Maybe you're on a lunch. Let's just say lunch, lunch. break. Yeah, yeah, for uh, sure. But, you know, maybe try phasing in a little bit more of that stuff. And, you know, you still have to do stuff with the family, obviously. I mm. love doing stuff. You know, like yesterday, I spent three hours doing basketball training with my kids. No, nah, that's funny. And it's just because, you know, that's stuff I love to do. But, yeah, start phasing some of the, the stuff out that's not, like, doing you any good right now. Mm. Um you know Netflix or binge watching. There's no sports on right now, so for us, I I don't really watch a whole lot yeah, to yeah. begin with. So that stuff, I, I would say those are maybe clues, answers. Yeah, not, I don't know. No, but. no, no. I think that's fantastic. <laughs> I think um, at the end of the day, like when you talk to people, when you speak to people, you know. Um, everyone wants to be successful. Yeah, they do. Like people just don't sit around and be like, oh, I want to, you know. Be in foreclosure. I want to do these things. Right. Like people want to be successful. Yeah. But it's that whole Muhammad Ali um, mentality. Like I knew before I entered to the ring whether or not I was going to win or lose based on my preparation. Yeah. So like you have the will to win, but do you have the will to prepare? Right. And I think what you're talking about is preparing, putting down Netflix, avoiding some of those distractions, and really diving in on some content, some knowledge. Yep. Maybe one of your courses or something like that. Yeah, if you're sure. interested. Maybe a seminar, a mastermind. Yeah. I think those things, man, and and you know, people always get caught up because it's not cheap. Like I, I mean, I have spent hundreds of thousand dollars on my education. Same here. I'm sure you have too. Yeah. We, we just talked about the ten thousand dollar courses that we just purchased ourselves, right? Because <laughs> yeah. we're always trying to stay ahead. Yeah. And um, so it's gonna cost, right? It is. But that's okay because like what you're gonna get in value. If you're going to be, do the work, if you're not going to do the work, like his course, my course, no course will save you. No, it won't. All right. But if you're going to do the work, like find someone that you believe in yeah. that's been consistent. And if you really invest in them, like you said, spend that time right. um, is going to pay, you know, 10 X the value of that. It so uh, you just 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 do the work, man. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate you, brother. Um, one last having. time, give them your information so they can find you. Yeah. Where can they find you at? So, noflippingexcusesacademy.com. You can head on over there. We've got a bunch of stuff on there for you. Uh, and for the free course that we're giving uh, just from this show is our Government Foreclosure Riches Program. And you can uh, send us an email, support at jasonlucchese.com. And that's J-A-S-O-N-L-U-C-C-H-E-S-I.com. And just put in the subject line, access to government foreclosure riches and just let us know that you uh, heard the show uh, that Gary and I did for you right now. Yeah, so we're going to get a link in, um, in our show notes. We're going to yeah. put it in the show notes as well cool. just so you can have that information, man. But thanks again, yeah, man. Yeah, thanks this for having great. me on the show. Man, I'm looking forward. So we, so you're going to get tired. We're going to be like steady shows, right? <laughs> He's local, right? And someone who maximizes, someone who has the same heart passion I do. Uh, so we're definitely going to do more together, man. But thank you once again for tuning in Success Lose Clues. Uh, I know a lot of people have been asking me, yo, yo, Gary, where should I invest? Where should I put my money at? Like, 
you, you, just, you just heard about it, like flipping houses, wholesale deals to get started, and then becoming a real estate investor. Um, it's a strategy that, that I employ. Like I, I do it as well. We're going to do some work together. Um, it just works. Like you look at the billionaires, you look at the asset allocation, it has some form of real estate in there. Yep. Like it's, it's, it, it's, it sure does. It's, 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 it's proven, right? <laughs> right. Um, so definitely um, get involved some type of way. Um, get started, man. And I hope you guys go out there and win the day. I hope you were able to take some valuable insights from this week's chat. Feel free to reach out to me on social media with clues you gain or questions you need answers to. You can find my pages at GaryBracket.com. Remember, it is up to you to make the most out of your opportunities to reach success. Personally, I live this life with an abundance mindset. And deep down, I hope we all make it.